0: Series called Bless. I was a little surprised that it was going to go beyond last Sunday, but as I prayed and as I saw it, it looked like we were just going to hit the next verses, and I'm so glad that we did because there's some good truth in Matthew chapter 5. So if you open your Bibles, one of my favorite sounds in all the world, one of them is the turning of God's Word in the sound of pages. If you have the electronic version, that's perfectly fine as well. I want you to be in the Word. When you come here, I will not put the Scriptures on the screen because I expect you to look in your own copy of God's Word to see what God has said and don't take my word for it. This morning, your worldview matters. How you see and measure things makes a difference. And where that foundation comes from is important. I will tell you, my worldview says that we will not find solutions to our cultural problems in an election, in a bill, in the change of government, in the change of leaders. We will not find solutions there. We will only find solutions, you guessed it, in Jesus Christ. And we come today with a very curious scripture that will cause us, hopefully, to pause and think. I want us to read... Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I'm sure some of you have already been eyeing my table up here and some things that I have here on the table. The worldview that many people have of Christians is that Christians should be honey. And strawberry jelly. Our views of Jesus should be sweet and pleasing to the taste. Never offensive. Always a delight. They want us to be honey and jam. But Jesus said something a little different. Jesus did not say you are the jam of the world. He did not say that you're the honey of the world. He said, we are salt and we are light. Our worldview comes from the Word of God. The Scripture is the basis of what we believe and how we think. And even though the world wants us to be strawberry jelly, man, I wish I had a spoon right now. I'd open this up and eat it right in front of you. And they want us to be honey. But Jesus said something different. Jesus said something very clear in Scripture. And I want us to understand one key element of this passage today because this is very important. I spent a long time praying and I spent a long time thinking and this is where God led me to and then He confirmed. I want you to write this down right now. Here's what I want you to know first off this morning. That my spiritual birth, do you hear me? My spiritual birth, not my physical birth, but my spiritual birth gives me value so that I may be value to the world. Now, some of you today may not see a lot of value in who you are, but I got news for you. When you know Jesus, you are of great value. There is a value added to you. There is a value that is true. There is a value that is powerful because there is more to being a Christian than getting a ticket to get you into heaven. It's more than just sweetness. Now, being being a Christian and knowing Jesus is sweet, let me tell you, knowing Jesus is like eating this jar of strawberry jam. If I had a big spoon right now, I'd open it up. Knowing Jesus is like having something sweet but being like Jesus is so much more it gives us value now here's a very interesting thing about salt check this out do you know where we get the english word salary from anybody want we'll to take a guess what come on it's okay to say it it's salt It's salt. Salt was a precious commodity. We get the word salary from the original word for salt. Now listen, salt is valuable. During this time, whenever Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, the audience that was listening, the disciples immediately would think value. I have value. Now listen, value is not necessarily always determined by a dollar value value is determined by what you can give and what you can do value is determined by the results of who you are that's value and we think that our value is determined by what other people think and by what our performance is but according to scripture our value is found in knowing jesus christ first and foremost can somebody say amen and help me out this morning it is knowing jesus as our lord and savior that's our value So let me give somebody freedom this morning. Stop looking for value in the opinions of other people. Stop looking for value in how much money you have in the bank or what car you're driving. Value comes from knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you have value. You have worth. When the disciples heard this word, salt, they immediately thought value. How many of you, by show of hands, have ever said, He ain't worth His weight in salt, or something to that measure. Yep. We understand salt to mean value. Now, I'm expecting a lot of hands to go up here. Have you ever taken salt, put it in some warm water, and gargled with it? Oh, hands are going up everywhere. Salt is valuable to help that throat. It brings healing. I remember growing up, and even after I got married to Jane, it was like, you need to gargle in some warm, salty water. That salty water will bring healing to your tonsils. Salt brings healing. Salt has value. Salt will preserve. During this time, whenever they had meat, they didn't have a refrigerator, salt would preserve it. Salt Was valuable. So please understand today when the audience heard the word salt, they knew it meant value. Also, did you know that there's actually a salt covenant in the Old Testament? You can find that it's connected to the offerings in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13. Second Chronicles 13:5 talks about the, the covenant of David, and that he would be in the lineage of the, uh, the, the kings, and then he'd always be on the throne, and Jesus would come from that. That comes from a salt covenant where two people would, would exchange salt. There are mentions of salt over 40 times in Scripture. Salt is valuable. Light was also a great gift. Can you imagine not having electricity? Can you imagine what it would be like to have no running water in your house? Electricity is important, but let me tell you something. When it's dark outside, you can have all the running water you want. I want light. When there is a bad storm that's come up, you know what I want? I want light. I want to see. I want to know what's happening. I want to peer into the darkness. So here's what I want us to look at because we often, when we've looked at these Beatitudes, we've talked about how we're blessed. We're blessed to come to God, spiritually bankrupt, realizing there's nothing we can bring because we're lost. We're sinners. We have messed up. We have nothing to bring. We're sorry for the things that we have done. We ask Him to forgive us. We, we ask him to have mercy on us. We turn our lives over to him. We humbly come meek and say, God, you're in, in charge. I'm not. We hunger and thirst for him. He gives us a pure heart. He asks us to be a peacemaker and tell other people about him. And then he says, you're going to be persecuted for it. And now he comes to this place where he says, you are salt and you are light. Now the blessing, I want you to notice something. The blessing before was really pointed toward us. You know where the blessings now pointed? Toward the world, to everyone else. Blessed are the world because you and I are salt of the earth and light. See, there is a blessing taking place. So here's what I want us to do I want us to look at the blessed part of this real quickly and see that number one, the blessing is in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. It doesn't say you might be or you could be. He says you are. As a matter of fact, the verb here is actually being used in a very present tense, not a future tense. It doesn't say that you will become salt of the earth. I have in my hand a whole container of kosher salt. This salt is good. It's good to use. But what good is this salt if it stays in my cabinet? If it's never taken out, what good is this salt? But when you take this salt out and you got a nice steak, come on now. Somebody say, "Mm mm-hmm, pastor, bring it on. you got a nice thick steak and you take a little salt and you put it right there on that steak. You take a little pepper, you sear both sides of it. Am I making anybody hungry? If I had a spoon, I'd get me some jam right now. That salt is there to enhance the flavor. Did you hear me? To enhance the flavor of the meat. We are called by Jesus. He said you are salt. Of what? The earth. Because we are salt, the world is blessed by us bringing forth that which is in us, which is Jesus, to them. We enhance the flavor of Jesus, or at least we should. Boy, it got quiet in here. Because sometimes we don't do what it's designed to do. See, salt itself, it adds flavor or actually enhances the flavor. It draws out the water that's in foods. It cures meat to keep it safe, to protect it. It gives us traction when things are icy. It's an antiseptic for healing. And Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth or of mankind. Now, this is very interesting because I decided to find out, you know, Jesus followed up that to say that if the salt has become tasteless, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So I began a journey to figure out, can salt become tasteless? There are two ways. Check this out. You can dilute it so much that it no longer has a, a taste. Or you can contaminate it. Dilute it or contaminate it. Now, I want to bring that into the spiritual world. You and I have been called by Jesus, and He has declared we have value. You are salt of the earth. And here's what can happen. We can become diluted, No longer effective. No longer making any kind of a touch on anybody's life. No longer would anybody even know that we even know Jesus. That's dilution second one is contamination. The world becomes so much part of us that they cannot tell a difference between us and the worst of sinners. That's how salt no longer is tasteless. It's useless just to be thrown out and trampled. Did you know that this this salt mixture, this thing that makes up salt is almost impossible chemically to separate and make it not salt? It's, it's, it's remarkable. Salt is one of those substances that are, is so hardy that you can't change it. But you can dilute it and you can contaminate it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what the evil one wants to do with you and I. He knows who you are. He knows that you are salt. And he wants to contaminate you. He wants to dilute you so you're no longer salt and effective. But ladies and gentlemen, you are valuable and you are salt. Somebody say, I am salt. salt. Chuck Swindoll wrote, slowly but surely, our world is rotting from within. Not only are civilizations in the process of decaying, but morals are as well. If Rip Van Winkle were still sleeping and awoke from his nap today, he would be shocked at the eroding standards of our time. What our culture accepts as the norm would have been considered scandalous back when he went to sleep. There is a dilution that's taking place. There is a contamination that has taken place. And I am here to declare one more time to make sure you understand this pastor says this is truth, and this is what we stand on. This is what we believe, and if it says it, we must adjust what we think and what we believe and what we feel to what God has clearly stated and said even if it's not popular we cannot let the salt be contaminated or diluted by the world's view we cannot let them want try to make us jam and honey when God has declared us to be salt you and I are salt we don't become salt We are salt. We must make sure we maintain that saltiness. Now, what does saltiness include? Well, it includes truth. It includes adding flavor. So people can understand just how good it would be to have Jesus. Just how wonderful it is to have a relationship with Him. Just to touch on it just a little bit. Second thing is this. Not only am I salt, somebody say, I am salt. salt. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. So number two is, I am light. Now I know that over in John, Jesus also says that I am light. So let me clarify just for a moment. We are the moon to the sun. We shine forth that which... Is shined out of us or upon us, and that is Jesus Himself. We are light, and we shine forth Jesus Christ. See, light dispels darkness, light takes darkness and pushes it out like a violent rushing wind. Psalm 119 says, That your word is a light unto my path, it is a lamp that we can follow, that will take us, that we can see where we're going. I have a lamp here. This lamp has a story. Some of you have seen this in the coffee spot. This lamp, back when I came to church here back in 2009, when my family and I were here and my daughters were saved here and I was not on staff, I was just attending, before I went to be a pastor for the very first time, there was a gentleman that went to church here who was a welder. And he wanted to do something really nice for me. So he made this lamp out of metal. And he presented it to me. Little did I know that I'd be coming back to the very place that this gift was given to me. And here's what I like. Do you see what it is in the shape of? Shape of a cross. And isn't it very nice when it's sitting in the coffee spot and it's turned on? It just makes you go, ah, or at least it does me. It creates a nice environment. It creates Lamps are so nice. Now during this time, their lamps were just oil lamps that they lit with a lighter so that they could see. Light was precious to them. It had value because it allowed them to do things that they couldn't do unless they had the light. Jesus said something interesting here. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. This lamp is set up on the stage. It cannot be hidden. I mean, I could stand in front of it, but all of you know it's up here because it's been sitting up here. I cannot hide it now from your knowledge. You know it's here. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. This lamp has enormous potential. Is this a lamp? Is this a light? Would you say yes? I would say yes. It was designed to do what? Shine forth light. But it's missing something. Does anybody know what it might be? Ah, a power source. As beautiful as it is, it's good to look at, but it is not going to help us if everything went dark in the room. (coughs) Hint, hint. If all the lights were just suddenly turned off in the room, hint, hint, and there were no lights on the stage either, and it was really, really dark, this lamp is doing no good just sitting there because it has no power. Even though it looks like a cross, there's no power. You can wear a cross, and if you don't have the power of Christ in you, you are like this lamp. You can call yourself a Christian. You can show up at church. You can act like you're good. But I got news for you. With no power on the inside, there won't be any power coming out of you on the outside. You're going to struggle. You're going to look. You're going to hope. And you're going to wish. You're going to find something. But you know what happens? Do you understand the power is already available in this room? God has already provided the power that is needed for you to be the light to the world. God has declared you are the light when you know Jesus. So what would you say? I plug this thing in. Give it a little power and let's see what we can do. We have light. But I want you to notice something. The light is limited. What limits this light? The shade. Because the light is being hid by this lampshade. What Jesus is saying, don't take a light and put it under a shade. Don't put it under a basket so nobody can see it. Take the shade off He said, you are the light. And whenever we are the light and we're plugged into Jesus, let me tell you something. The light will shine forth and it will become bright. He said, you are the light. Not that you can become, but he's already given you everything you needed through the power of the cross to be the light to the world. He said, you are the light. Somebody say, I I am light. But let me give you a little hint of what to do in your notes. Make sure that when it says, I am salt, you write in Jesus. I am light in Jesus. Because without Jesus Christ, you are not light and you are not salt. You're a mess and you cause trouble, even though you try as best you can. But, ladies and gentlemen, with Christ as our standard and Him setting forth the truth of His Word as what it should be, then we are light. And salt to a world that desperately needs us. See, in darkness, God's truth shines most clearly. Says Corey Ten Boom. Ephesians five eight says, "For at one time you were you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light." One man said, "Of someone, this man was an athlete and a missionary." He understood, he wanted to be, he was salt and light. So here's what C.T. Studd said. I think that's a funny name considering he was an athlete. C.T. Studd said, Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bells. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. When you are salt and you are light and you understand that has already been given to you and you stand in that confidence, you can make a difference. And then all of a sudden the lights come back on in the room. Ah, good job. Why are we salt and light? Let's look at verse 16 real quick. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This has nothing to do with them being a Christian and glorifying God. It has to do with they see you as so much like salt and light that you're reflecting Jesus, that you're enhancing the flavor, that you're shining brightly in the midst of a moral decay, that you're saying, this is truth, but I love you. I'm not, I'm not going to degrade you. This is the Bible. This is what I stand on. But I'm going to love you. Even if you hate me. Even if you call me names and you treat me bad. Do you understand where that comes from? The verse is right before this. You will be persecuted if you try to live like me. But yet, Jesus makes it clear when we walk in what He's created us to be, salt and light. He has said you are that. when When you just passionately pursue that, you know what happens? Lives are changed. People are impacting. People you don't even expect. Conversations will come up from people that you didn't even know that you have touched their life. Because you lived by a different standard. A different drummer, if you will. But don't forget, A.W. Tozer said this. To be right with God often means to be in trouble with men. To be right with God often means to be in trouble with men. Being salt and light will not be popular. It will not be easy. And here's what you need to do. I love this. Here it comes. What must you do? Shake and shine, baby. Somebody say that with me. Shake and shine, baby. Shake <laughs> and shine. If the salt stays in the shaker, it is of no use. If the salt stays in the church, it is of no use. If salt stays in your home, it is of no use. That salt needs to come out of the shaker for it to be any good. And you take a little salt, I'll vacuum it up, I promise, and you shake it out, and then it becomes useful. You put it on the food, you put it where it needs to be, and it will make a difference. We have to shake and shine. Shake and shine is what Jesus is saying. Shake and shine. How would Jesus respond if he lived in your world? What would he be doing in your family or at your job? Let me tell you something. The people that you work with, it's not by accident. He knows who you work with. He knows how difficult they are. The situation you're in, in school, he's well aware of that. You're there for a purpose. When you know Jesus Christ, your family may be difficult, but He has called you to a higher standard. If Jesus was to live in your world, what would He do different than you are? Tony Evans said, Jesus said, salt of the earth. Don't misread that. He doesn't say we are salt of the shaker. I like that. We are salt of the earth of mankind. Do you know that means it's not limited? We are salt of the earth. Salt in a shaker doesn't do much for the decay of the meat because it's in the shaker hanging out with other salt particles. We have got to be about being salt light, We must leave the shaker. Somebody say it with me. Shake and shine, baby. Shake Shake and shine. Jesus does not tell us to become light or become salt. He says what? Present tense. You are salt. You are light. But both can be affected by the corruption of the world and by you watering it down so much nobody can even tell there is any light at all. So we are challenged today with this. Chuck Swindoll also said, when you live in the darkness, you not only have no ray of light, you don't even know where home is. We have a world around us. We have employees that work with us. We have people we encounter who have no idea which way home is or where truth even exists. But God has declared to us, we are salt, we are light, we we are plan A, there is no plan B. He's not going to change it up. He said, you are salt and you are light. I love what Howard Hendricks said. He said, you cannot impart what you do not possess. Think about that. You cannot impart what you do not possess. You know, this is really a strange thing because we like to talk about how easy things is and being a Christian it's about being persecuted we talked about that last week but it still focuses a lot on us we are going to be persecuted this is all about us being salt and light and going out and people being blessed around us I'm not saying that you need to go out and start a a mission tomorrow but here's what I will say God's been telling somebody you needed to do something and I feel heavy about this, God's been telling someone you need to be about doing something and you keep putting it off God wants you to do it maybe as simple as talking with someone maybe talking to your doctor next time you're with him because he knows you so well finding out where he stands with Jesus don't worry he thinks he's so smart, he didn't create the world your savior did drop the mic. You are salt. You are light. As I spent a long time praying about your seven-day challenge, it's very interesting that I came to Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Some of us talk too much. Nobody be elbowing anybody in the room now. Some of us talk too much. We need to be salt and light by listening more. Some of us, we argue, we fuss, we got to have it our way. We need to stop fighting. We need to listen more. Some of us need to start asking more questions. Instead of making the conversations about us and what we think, we need to just ask some more questions. Sometimes if we will just stop, take a step back and remember what God has declared you to be. You got value. You are salt and light to a dying and dark world. You are salt and light. And you know what should hit your face rather than a frown, rather than being upset, rather than anger. Somebody try it with me. A smile. Oh, my goodness. Y'all sure do look good when you got a smile on your face. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt. You can't do it without Jesus. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So there's your challenge. I'd love to tell you something specific, but God gave me one word for somebody today, and that's the word smile. Somebody needs to smile more. I don't know who it is, but somebody needs to smile more. I told God that was the most ridiculous seven-day challenge I've ever done. And you know what he told me? I'm the most ridiculous man to question who what he's told me to tell you. (laughs) Okay, not exactly in those words, but I realized if he says to tell you to smile, I need to tell you to smile. So I'm coming to you to say, smile. On the count of three, let's all try it. Smile. Let me tell you something. You have value. You've got value. You are salt. You are light. And the people around you desperately need you to be salt and to be light because they're dying and they're in darkness. They need to know which way to go. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your your grace that you've given to us. The mercy that you have bestowed upon us. Father, you declared that we are salt and we are light. And both of those have great value. So do we. Our value is not measured by how people respond to us. Our value is measured by our spiritual birth knowing that we belong to you. Lord, Colossians 4, 6 says that we are to respond with grace as if our words have been seasoned with salt. (laughs) Father, too many of us, we respond in a way that people would think that we've been chugging garlic. Your word calls us to be salt. That means that we are to stand for truth, that we are to bring the reality of your word to them. But in a way, that brings grace and mercy and truth and directs them to you. God, help us be salt. Help us be light. Lord, I'm reminded of what Howard Hendricks said, that we cannot impart what we do not have. So for someone who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who has not come to that place, Lord, maybe today they've realized I am spiritually bankrupt. I have nothing to bring. I cannot fix this. I cannot make my way to heaven. I can't be good enough. Perfect spot. You come and you say, Lord, i am really messed up. Forgive me. Perfect spot. God, I'm tired of trying. You take over. I humbly come perfect spot because when you cry out to God this day asking him to forgive you and take over your life you'll receive a pure heart and you will be changed for those who know Jesus Christ today and you're burdened and your heart is heavy Maybe the Lord has spoke to you that you need to be salt and you need to be light in your world. That you've become too corrupted. You've become too deluded. Make that commitment to the Lord right now. Let Him know you've heard what He has said. Father, we thank You for what You're doing and what You continue to do. We give You glory and praise for all that is accomplished through Your Word in the hearts of these people.